Well, amen. Thank you, worship team. That's how you finish up a year of worship. That was awesome. Thank you, worship team. Well, my name is Ryan, and I love power naps. No, really, I love power naps. I really do. I can, I can take a nap anywhere at any time. Just ask my family and ask the ministry team here. I can take a nap anywhere at any time. I actually took a nap while putting this message together. I needed a quick power nap, so I took a quick one while I put it together. I have been known to take a nap at a stoplight, a long one. When I was really tired, I needed a quick reboot, long prayers. Maybe I have fallen asleep during some long prayers before. Um, After meals is a guarantee, I'm going to take a power nap for sure. Well, you can ask uh, my friend David Novotny. He has seen me. He took one of me while uh, in Israel, and of course, the ministry team here at the church, as well as some of my friends, love to catch me while taking naps. It's become kind of a new fun thing to do. Here I am. Here I am in Kenya. I just got done preaching in Kenya. We had goat for lunch. Goat always puts me to sleep. And here I am, no kidding. I'm taking a quick power nap right there in the middle of the church. There are people running all over the place. And then here we are at the uh, airport. I just had to, you know, it's long travel. I had to take a quick power nap, so I'm out. And then while I'm traveling with my friend David Novotny, he's he's uh, driving the van while we're in Israel. His wife's sitting next to me. And every day I would take a quick power nap right after a meal while we're traveling the countryside of Israel. This in particular day, I had dozed off. And sometimes I just come awake really quick. And I don't know what it was, but I literally jumped. I mean, appendages flying, and they just about crashed right there in Israel. We all about died right there in the promised land. But I'm known to take some unbelievable power naps. I can only describe my naps as my body and my mind reboot. It literally just reboots. Physically, I reboot. My mind is more alert if I'm not feeling well. I take a quick power nap and I wake up and I'm feeling better. And all I need, and some people hate me for this, all I need is five minutes. I literally need five minute power nap and I reboot. It's like somebody is hitting control alt delete in my body. You remember control alt delete? Some of you grew up in the, in the eighties like I did, the PCs that would lock up all the time and you're like, man, control alt delete, right? You can almost just know exactly how to do it. Some of you were so uncoordinated, you couldn't quite figure out how to do control alt delete actually. But those of you who remember, you can remember exactly how to reboot your computer, right? Computers would need a reboot. Maybe by the end of the workday, because it would start running slow, it would kind of get bogged down. Maybe at the end of the work week, they would tell you, the IT department, hey, reboot your computer. So it would refresh it, right? It would, it would give it a fresh new start by hitting Control-Alt-Delete. Nowadays, we kind of repower our phones because they also need a reboot. Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Open your JCI app. Grab your sermon notes if you grab those on the way in. And I want to say this, how about a spiritual reboot in 2019? How about a spiritual reboot? It's the end of 2018. Uh, I know it's the end of 2018 because I'm preaching. Those of you who've been here long enough know that I preach the last message of every year, uh, every year. So it's the end of 2018. We're getting ready for 2019. And I want to walk us through a control alt delete a spiritual reboot so you're refreshed really you're ready for whatever god has for you whatever god has for us 
in 2019. Some of you, 2018 was a tough year. It was a tough year. You, you know why. It was difficult. Some of you, it was your best year ever. Some of you began to get on track spiritually. And some of you had things in your life get in the way that made it difficult. You were beginning to get on track spiritually, but you allowed some things. You allowed some distractions. Some of you, you allowed some garbage to get in the way of your 2019, and you kind of got off track spiritually. And so for many reasons, every one of us knows why, I believe every one of us needs to hit Control-Alt-Delete for a spiritual reboot for 2019. But before we read part of chapter 3 of Philippians, I want to introduce you to a guy named Paul. If you're here maybe for the first time, if you walked into church like I did 20-some years ago and you're far from God, you're going to like Paul. You're going to like this guy because he had a time in his life where he's very far from God. He may have not thought so, but he was far from God. And so you're going to like this guy. He was a, a murderer of Christians, and then he became a Christian. And now in writing to Philippians, the church of Philippi, he is telling them, how to have a spiritual reboot. So let's, let's read God's word together, but before we do, let's quickly pray. Father, we pray that today you would speak to our hearts. Every one of us in this moment pauses to ask the creator of the universe, our heavenly father, to speak to us. Speak to us through your word. Allow us to hear what you would have us to, to do, what you would have us to change, and what you would have us to change within our hearts. Father, we love you. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us kind of a glimpse into his spiritual journey, his spiritual reboot, and here we are. Philippians 3, he says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
Brothers and sisters, I I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. These verses read like they're straight out of Rocky Balboa's pep talk before Creed is going to fight. These verses read right out of one of those, those movies that gets you fired up and ready to go. And today, I believe Paul is giving us a spiritual pep talk. I believe he's given us a spiritual pep talk, and I believe he's going to give us some steps to a spiritual reboot in 2019. And all you need to remember, if you're like me and you have trouble remembering things sometimes, all you need to remember today as you walk out of here is Control-Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete for a spiritual reboot. I'll tell you why here in a moment. Number one, you need to release control to God. You need to release control to God as your first step in a spiritual reboot. And Paul learned this. He learned how to do this. He said in Philippians 3, 3 through 6, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, Though I I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So these are the things that once controlled Paul. They literally controlled who he was, And at one time in his life, Paul relied on those things, those status things he relied on, and he thought they determined who he was and what was important. And his status as this righteous Pharisee, this righteous Pharisee controlled him. And it controlled him so much that he ended up doing things that it wasn't what God wanted him to do. It's what he thought he was supposed to do. He he relied on who he thought he was so much He did things in his life that were not what God wanted him to do. And I have to tell you, I have to warn you, sometimes our status in life can control us. And it can lead us to do things that God doesn't want us to do. Business person, let me ask you, have we ever allowed ourselves in our driven state to be a successful business person? to do things that we shouldn't do, right? We allow our desire for status and position or status and financial status to cause us or push us to do things that we shouldn't do in the business world. Student, let me ask you, have you ever allowed yourself to do things or maybe be something that you really weren't in order to be popular, in order to have people like you? I think all of us have adults have faced that at some point in our lives, but students, you have, to, you have to fight that. Don't let that desire cause you to do things that you don't want to do, that you know God doesn't want you to do. Parents, I know we battle this. How many times do we, we allow our kids or, or allow something that we know God doesn't want us to, but we're afraid to go against the grain. We're afraid to be the weird parents that don't allow our kids to do this. The next thing you know, we're going against what we know God wants us to do because the status we're trying to keep in the community. Single person. This is a challenge. It's a challenge that I've faced as a single person. Don't let an urge to be loved or 
to be needed, control you, and cause you to do something that you know goes against what God wants you to do as a single person. Don't do something in order to stay loved or to be loved that would have you jeopardize your future because you think maybe, maybe God would allow this because I love this person. I can sleep with them. I know, I, I know that I shouldn't, but I, I think God wants me to because this is the person that I'm going to marry one day. We're going we're gonna to move in together because I think that's, God would be okay with it because he knows we're going to get married one day. And we do some things that God really doesn't want us to do, but we do them because we think I'm... My, my desire for being loved and needed is, is going to override. I want to challenge you. God's way is different. God knows that he can lead you and, and he can help you. He's a forgiving God, but he wants you to follow his plan. So when Paul met Jesus, he finally released control of his life. And he let it be ruled by Jesus. And, and Paul learned that his plan was not God's plan. So releasing control of his life changed his life forever. It literally changed him and put him in the midst of God's will for his life. And I have a truth for you this morning. I believe God's truth is that releasing control of your life to God, literally releasing control of your life to God will change it forever and will put you in the midst of his will for your life. So the question for you, what do you need to release control of? What situation do you need to release control of something in your parenting that you just say, God, this is yours. I want to do it your way. What, what situation in your job or in your finances or in your marriage that you need to say, God, I can't control this anymore. This is yours. My health is yours. My future is yours. What do you need to release control of? What, what plan did you have for 2018 that you thought was going to go exactly the way you wanted it to? How'd that go? Now, I've heard it said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right? I, I think more in line with what God wants is Proverbs 16.9. He says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Is it time? Is it time to say, God, the the control of my life is yours? The control of my life for 2019 is yours. I want to release control to you. I believe that's the first step of a spiritual reboot for you and for me. The second step to a spiritual reboot is to alter your attitude. To alter your attitude. Philippians 3, 7 through 11 said... But whatever were gains to me, I I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith... I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul altered his attitude. The things that were once really important to him, he now considered rubbish. He considered them junk. This man who had killed Christians was now willing to participate with them 
with these followers of Christ, he was now willing to participate with them in suffering. Man, what a huge change. What a, what a huge altering of his life and of his attitude. And I can tell you that when I was in high school, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I, I didn't go to church. We rarely went. And I can remember I made fun of the Bible thumpers. I made fun of them. I didn't think they were cool. I thought they were dorky because they didn't want to have fun. I made fun of them. I'm not proud of it, but that's, that's who I was at the time. And then God changed my attitude at 23 when I gave my life to him and I understood what it meant to live for God, what it meant to actually follow God's way, to be in the midst of his will for my life. All of a sudden, I went from someone who would have made fun of them to someone who was okay with suffering with them. I found it okay to stand out in the workplace because I no longer cared what people thought about me. I cared what God thought about me. I didn't care if people knew, hey, yeah, that's Ryan. He's a Jesus freak. I didn't care. Now, I, I did some things wrong, and I, 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 I learned how to be a Christian in the workplace because sometimes I did it wrong. But I learned that it was okay to suffer for being one, and I've learned that it's okay to to suffer in the midst of a culture that doesn't always think we've got our head on straight. And sometimes we don't, right? It's a wake-up call to maybe we need to look more like Jesus more often. But God has altered my life in that area. Has he altered yours that way? And let me, let me kind of share a clarification. Altering is a shift. Altering is a shift. You don't, you don't necessarily need to change how you're wired, right? God wired many of us with certain personalities and and we can be passionate about things and that's okay and you can you can still be driven and be a sold out christian but what if god wants to alter those passions and that drive but he wants he wants you to now use those energies for good he wants you to now use that passion for him he wants you to now use that drive for him i back when i was in college i was maybe known to be the life of the party sometimes and not necessarily in a good way but my outgoing personality led me to be the life of the party. And now I've changed that, transitioned that, that now I want to be the life of the foyer. I want to be someone who helps connect people. My mom and I are wired a certain way where we don't know a stranger. That used to be used in a bad way as a womanizer and a jerk. And God has pushed me and challenged me to use it for his purposes. And now I want to be a connector of people. I want to be a connector of people in the body of Christ so they can be strong together and they can grow in their faith together and help people even outside of here to go, wow, there's some kind, loving people in there. And maybe you, maybe you're so driven to succeed in whatever it is that you do. We have all kinds of people in here, and I hope you're driven. But maybe you're driven to be the best salesperson in the world no matter who you have to run over. But what if you were to change that and now do it for good? But now, what if you were to have that same drive and you altered it and you now want to be so driven to reach people for Jesus? God say, use every bit of the drive that you've given me. Every bit of the personality that you've given, now use it, Father, for your glory, for your purposes. I want you to alter and use me for good. 
Do you see how Jesus can change your life? How he can alter how you live in 2019? What can you say Jesus has already altered in your life? Hopefully something, right? Hopefully Jesus has already begun to alter things. Maybe more importantly, what else do you need to have God alter in your life? What else? If you're like me, there's still plenty that I need to have God help alter in my life. What do you need to have him alter? Maybe it's who you hang out with, right? Maybe you know that there's some times when I'm with this certain crowd, man, the words fly. That's not how I want to live. And maybe when I'm with this group, all of a sudden the crass jokes start to come out. And man, that's not how I want to live. One, I hope you can be a light in the midst of that. But two, if you're not strong enough yet, you've got to get some people around you who will help you. You need to get in a men's group or a women's group or a couple's group. Guys, come to the men's gathering. We're just a group of regular dudes trying to live for God. Trying to have some other guys around us who will sharpen us, who will encourage us, who will nudge us, who will say, hey, we missed you, man. Hey, how you doing in your life? Guys, come to the men's gathering. Ladies, get into a women's group. All they're there is to sharpen each other and to be a support and encouragement for each other and learn more of God's word that will help you live for him. Maybe you need to alter your daily routines to include Jesus. Like, think about them. What are your daily routines? Do they include Jesus at any part? Maybe you need to look at those and figure out, how do I change my daily routine so I can spend time reading? I can spend time praying. I can spend time journaling and and memorizing. If this wasn't a part of your 2018, reboot it. Alter it. Make a change. I'm not talking about resolutions. I'm talking about true commitment to saying, God, this is how I want to live and who I want to be in 2019. Because here's the truth. Following Jesus should alter your attitude and it should alter your priorities. And if it doesn't, reboot it and make it so in 2019. So the second step is to alter your attitude and your priorities. The third step is to delete your garbage. Delete your garbage. You know, when you reboot a computer, when you reboot a phone, right, a lot of times the glitches are fixed. Bugs that are slowing your computer down are removed. And sometimes if you have the right software, it'll even, it'll even delete viruses that are causing problems within your computer, right? A, a reboot helps it to work better. And Paul learned this. He learned to delete the garbage in his life. He learned to leave it behind Did you see it in 13 and 14? Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. means I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So forget in the Greek is the word apelolanthamai. Say that three times. Apelolanthamai. And it means to no longer care for. To no longer care for. Literally to lose it out of your mind. Paul's saying, I don't care about that stuff anymore. It's garbage to me. I don't need that stuff anymore because sometimes there's things that we need to leave behind. There's things that we literally need to forget. I cannot live that way anymore. I cannot have that in my life anymore. These things need deleted from my life. So what, what's the garbage in your life that needs deleted? Every one of us have some. What needs to be left behind this year? Really think about it. What held you back? What, what caused you to stumble this year? You know God wanted to use you. 
He wants to use every one of his children. He wants to use every one of us to, to serve him, to accomplish the purposes he has in, in reaching people and loving people and caring for people and looking like Jesus in this world. But what garbage was in your life that slowed you down, that kept you from being close to him? Sometimes it's, it's habits. I'm just so used to, here's my routine. I get on Netflix, and next thing I know, seven episodes gone by. It's just the countdown. I can't say no. It's coming. I just click it. Do you ever just click it because you don't want to wait the 10 seconds? I just click it. I'm ready to go on to the next one. Next thing I know, how did it get to be 1 o'clock in the morning? I'm so enthralled in this. Right? And then next thing you know, I'm telling somebody, yeah, I didn't get to my devotions. I wonder why. Five hours of Netflix. I couldn't get there. Young person, did you stay up? And maybe not young person. I've talked to a lot of adults that are up till midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning on a regular basis. Did you stay up so late on a Saturday night that you couldn't get out of bed on Sunday morning? I'm so tired, I needed to sleep. What do you need to delete in order to, to get to bed so you can be here? So you can be in church and you can sharpen each other and love each other and learn and be challenged in all that God wants to do in your life. What activity, what, what sin do you need to delete? It literally needs to be wiped from your hard drive for 2019. Was his name Jack Daniels? Was his name Corona? Because for me, 20 years ago, that was a real problem. 20 years ago for me, I turned into that guy too many times. And it nearly ruined my life. Those who know my testimony. My grandfather died at 43 of alcoholism. My future was not looking good if I didn't get that out of my life. Now that's me. It nearly destroyed me. But how many of you, perhaps you know this year, the struggles you had, the problems you had in your life, your marriage, your job, that was at the core of it. Delete it. Get help if you need. Maybe it was some sexual impurity. Maybe you had some things in your life with the opposite sex that you just know this was not God's plan for me. This is not how I was supposed to do it. We're not married. We shouldn't be doing that. We, we, we need to honor God in a relationship. Again, I say that this was my wife and I's story before we were married. And we had to ask God to help us, to forgive us, and help us to be new in him so that when we stood there at that altar, in God's eyes, as only he can do, he forgave us and we could be pure before him. And maybe that's you and your relationship. I don't know where it's at. But maybe you need to know that that's not God's plan for your future. God, God can forgive, and he forgave me, and he can forgive you. But he wants you to delete those things. He wants you to get those things out of your life so that he can use you, and you can be spiritually rebooted in 2019. But you can't just stuff it down and hide it. It doesn't work that way. You know, one of my favorite movies is Apollo 13. Anybody else remember the movie Apollo 13? Maybe it's because I love history. I wasn't alive when this event occurred. It was just a few years before I was born. But the movie documents the story of the Apollo 13 mission to go and land on the moon and to explore it. Astronauts Fred Hayes and Jack Swigert and Jim Lovell set out on this mission. Soon after they took off, there was an explosion that caused their plans to change. They had lost control of their vehicle, their spacecraft, and they were no longer able to use it for what they were hoping to. 
They had oxygen problems. They had all kinds of things going wrong, and they had to change. They had to alter their plans. Returning home safely became the new mission, and the whole country was enthralled with it. Back then, everyone zoomed into their TVs to find out what was going to happen with these astronauts. It had taken over. The whole nation had tuned in. Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton did a, a great job reenacting this for us in this movie. But in the end, in order to get home safely, in order to have enough power to accomplish, if you remember, Gary Sinise was in the simulator figuring out how they could get rid of enough things, how they could delete enough unnecessary things in order for them to be able to power up, to reboot the computer so that they could land safely home. You see, sometimes you've got to delete things in order to accomplish the mission that God has for you. And that truth I want to share with you, you see it there in your notes, God's mission for your life will always require deleting some things in order to accomplish the goal. What is it God needs to delete in your life? You see, I gave my life to Christ 21 years ago, and I need a spiritual reboot. There were some days in 2018 where I found myself struggling to give God control in some areas. There just were. There were days that I struggled to give him control. Some life events, some ministry events that I held on to. And I struggled to release them to God. There were some days that I needed, I needed God to really alter my attitude. I needed him to alter my attitude so that I would be more passionate about serving him. Again, I might have allowed circumstances or worries to get in my life, and I, I struggled with, with giving him everything. There were some days that I needed to delete some garbage from my life, things that weren't pointing me to Jesus. I needed to say, God, this I don't need this. You know, I wish a spiritual reboot was as easy as one of my power naps. I really do. I wish I could take a nap at the end of 2018. I wish I could wake up and I'd be spiritually rebooted for 2019. It's not that easy, but it is as easy as control, alt, delete. If I'll think about those things that I need to release control of, if I'll think of those things that I need to let God alter in my life, and if I'll really think about those things that I need to let go of and delete from my life, I know that God can help me spiritually reboot. What if you today could do the same? What if you could hit control, alt, delete in your life for a spiritual reboot? What would you release control of? What would you ask God to alter? And what would you delete? And I want to make it practical. If you see on your notes, I have some, some fill in the blanks there for you to do this exercise. You don't have to do it at this moment, but I hope you'll do it over the next couple of days. You see, those... Uh, there's some in the room and some in our church who are part of what we call Followers Made. It's a group, a discipleship group, and its intention is to help people grow in godly character and figure out what God's calling them to do. And it has disciplines like reading your Bible and journaling and praying and memorizing, reading scripture and reading books that will help. But at the end of every day while you're journaling, you're to put together some I will statements. 
some statements that answer the question, what's God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? So I have three I will statements there for you that I hope you will think on and I hope you will put something down. I will release control of this. I will alter this in my life. I will delete this from my life. And I hope you'll take those action steps and you apply them so that you can have a spiritual reboot for 2019. But maybe you're here and maybe, maybe you need a spiritual reboot, but you know that you actually need a spiritual rebirth. Maybe you're saying, I, I don't know about reboot. I'm not sure that I've ever been reborn. I don't know that I've ever given my life to Jesus. Maybe you're here as, as Nicodemus came to talk to Jesus about spiritual things. And Nicodemus in John chapter 3 came to Jesus and asked him, how do, you, how do you be reborn? How do I follow Jesus? How do I start a new life in Christ? And Jesus told him, you must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus didn't understand that. Jesus went on to explain that it was a rebirth. It was a spiritual rebirth. Asking God to give you a new life. Asking God to give you a new purpose. Asking God to forgive you of your sins and turning away from your sins to walk with him. So maybe today you need a spiritual rebirth. If we could, let's all bow our heads. And I want to just pray